Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. podcast unofficially the official podcast of denver comic-con 2014 which is happening in two short months oh my goodness it's coming so quick i heard that about you james you like to come really quick my God name is ryan it. to my left is brad and he how you doing today brad stressed out stressed out but you know what you, you know the alamo great. uh no talking policy is a fucking joke <laughs> that's what you know i did see karen down there though like looking in your um row did was, you was yeah. your row really Keith bad there too huh was your row really bad it was the same thing Ryan was dealing with. Uh, it's Owen Wilson. It wasn't the Rose, it's the people next to me. Yeah. That's annoying. People yeah. are weird. Hey, did you know Bill Murray's in that movie? I was didn't, he? I didn't know oh, until that guy what? said something. Yeah, my guy said it too, so that's how I knew. Yeah. It's really weird, because I'm always like farther away from the obnoxious people than everybody else. Like, There's always like somebody in our group who's like, oh, that person was bad. And then I'm like on the other end. Don't you wish and you so could? Because you're the golden child. No. <laughs> That's a shitty movie with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> um, do you ever wish like last week we could have put up uh, a card and said, "Tell this fat fuck to slow down." Oh, <laughs> and just oh, put that up. Oh my heart! I should have wrote that he needs medical assistance. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we went and saw the Grand Budapest Hotel because me and James haven't seen it. Uh, Brad hasn't, but we actually had a guest. A few weeks ago, Brad, you heard the episode where we had Batman on, right? Yeah, I finally got to listen to some old episodes. Yeah, that was cool that you guys got Batman on there. Yeah, I can't I believe that you missed the episode with Batman on it. You know, I, know. I, I found close. out he was in town. He was in town checking out some crime footage from 1989, and he wanted to, you know, stop by and say hi and say that he saw the new Wes Anderson movie. Uh, yeah, because we didn't feel like, well, I do want to see Oculus. You know, I didn't want to see it originally, but I've been reading reviews for it, and I heard it's really pretty good. Yeah. What's Oculus? It's this horror movie that is an independent movie that was picked up by the guy who did Insidious and oh, uh, I haven't, uh, Sinister I mean, and stuff. Man, I haven't even heard about this. And the Raid 2 came out this dumb. week. I haven't seen the first one, but it also it, sounds like an interesting thing. Yeah, that, did you yeah. see the trailer for Raid 2, though? It, it looks, looks badass. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. No, I want to see it. I just haven't seen the first one. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. So maybe if there's a nothing interesting next week, we'll go see one of those two. Well, next week is Transcendence. I don't know if it's something you want to see. Yeah, that's probably a big one. Yep. Yeah. But anyways, we see movies, and we talk about them. And we also talk about movies we've been watching, comic books we've been reading, stuff that's coming out, box office numbers, the whole shebang when it comes to movies. Because we like movies. James, what do you like about movies? I like the things that I watch. That was retarded. I wasn't a very good answer, was it? But no. it, it's true. That was a segue into what we've been watching, right? No, that was... Oh. I'm trying to be like wax philosophical here. And you're, oh, I thought you're you like, were trying to segue. I like because they're moving pictures. I enjoy the escapism and the uh, <laughs> ability to take the stress out of my day and just disappear into someone else's story. You know, it's funny, Brad. I'm the same way. I, I do that with video games, too. Um, but for movies, for me, is a way to you know, just relax. Um, and that's that's why I enjoy movies, and that's why I enjoy telling people about the movies I enjoy. Like the, the movies, movies we've I been watched, watched this, this week. week. I fucking knew it was a segue. Yeah, but I was seeing how you were going to respond, and I was going to ask Brad, and I was going to do it, and then I was going to segue into our segment, and you just fucked it up. I know, but I, I was really, I was like, well, I could say, what are the things you like about movies? I like the box office statistics, and then I would even sound dumber. Yeah, I'm really disappointed in you, James. This is the box office stats. The number one movie at the box office this week was Captain America: The Winter Soldier, with ninety-six million dollars, biggest opening ever in April. Thirty yeah. percent more than the first Captain America. That's huge. And makes uh, makes the Marvel Studios movies the most profitable franchise or universe of all time. After what two thousand eight, fourteen, math. Six years? A short amount of time. Yeah. You know, actually, I was thinking, too, uh, just today, because there's a lot of Spider-Man news right now, uh, in less than a month, in two weeks, it's going to be the fifth Spider-Man movie in 12 years. 
That's a uh, that's pretty lucky. It's a lot of Spider Man. If you're a Spider Man fan like me, yeah. Anyways, that was the big one. Was Captain America? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and it deservedly so. I think it's a really cool movie. Yeah. What did we see last week? Captain, Captain America. America. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you were there, and so was my wife. Wasn't. Oh. You should have gone with she, us on Saturday. Chris Evans doesn't wear a shirt a lot of times. Oh, mm. she was saving lives. You know, so actually, Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I dorkly posted this picture of if Rob Liefeld made the Captain America movie. Oh, my God. That was so it good. It made me laugh so hard because oh. one of my favorite slash least favorite panels of all time in comic books is it's a big joke in the comic community. I don't know if you guys know this, but Rob Liefeld over-exaggerates everybody's um, proportions. Over-exaggerate is actually like understating what he does <laughs> over exaggerating is an under <laughs> is an understatement and is an understatement by me but there's this one where captain america is as tall as a street lamp and it looks horrible and it's just really funny because rob liefeld is the worst his shoulders are as lo- as wide as he is tall yeah and he also makes their noses really pointy like they everybody has the same nose it's really distracting mm-hmm. His sternum is as far from his spine as he is tall. And I always wondered how he got popular. Even his stuff when he was doing Marvel in the mid-90s, his new mutants and stuff was not good. I don't I don't know how he got popular. I have no idea. What's the thing he did for Image? That Young I Blood? I think Bullshit. it was Young Blood. Anyways, this is a comic book you should be reading. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. Fuck, I don't even have anything this week. Uh, you, you don't? No, oh, don't. God. Oh, God. You've, oh, no. You were supposed to pull one out. and um, no, Actually, I, did, I, did I, got, one last I got one. Okay, I good. I got one. Um, I, was cl- I was close. Because, you know, I always have one when Buffy comes back. Yeah. And the new... Did you read the new issue of Buffy? I didn't. Oh. I got it, though. You should read it. I should. Because it's, one, it's beautifully drawn. Two, it has... By who? Who's, who's, who's drawing that book? Uh, Rebecca Isaacs. And if you want to hear an interview with Rebecca Isaacs from two years ago at Denver Comic Con, you can find it on realnerdspodcast.com. You can also download it on iTunes. Um, but it's really well drawn, and there's a moment that you'll get really excited for in it, James. Um, and this one is written by Christos Gage, who also wrote... Um, Angel and Faith. Angel and Faith and the new Superior Spider-Man Annual. Really? He's well, doing that, too? Oh, that's right. No, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Which was actually kind of cool story too. It dealt with uh, the reporter Ben Urich and his uh, um, his nephew is a hobgoblin, and it, so it was kind of from the reporter's point of view. It was kind of cool. Um, he always tells. I think he's a better superior Spider-Man writer than um, Dan Slott. Anyways, I I think that that team altogether is is one of the most solid teams uh that's that's written on on buffy i will um, say her buffy's really good too her buffy's yeah. really cute um but the it's kind of interesting the book opens i won't reveal ruin the ending because you haven't read it yet yeah um Thank but you. but it opens with buffy and a vampire slaying vampires to, uh the zompires together yeah and how it's uh you know crazy that this would happen and then the last three or four pages are great because the vampire's uh, the sun's coming up and Buffy gets all cocky saying you have to go away and then the vampires actually change into giant bats and um dude but that's not the the great surprise ending that I won't spoil for you James that's really cool um but I'm yeah you should we should really pick it up it's it's actually it's a really good book oh, I already course. have it I just haven't read it yet yeah I know right I thought you loved Rebecca Isaacs I guess I you do. don't I know I do I do I love her so much we should see if... I don't know if she's coming to Denver Comic-Con, but you know who is. I don't think you've said anything yet. Uh, Lou Ferrigno was just announced at Denver Comic-Con. Yeah. So we got the Hulk. We got Ash. We got Batman. Batman. Oh, man. Make sure you pick up your tickets soon. Uh-huh. Because they're already sold out of the VIP tickets, and I'm guessing they're getting close to selling out of three-day passes as well. Probably. So make sure you get those soon. And they de- debuted a new logo that looks pretty sweet. Um, lots of fun stuff happening. I'm excited. And if you click on the Podcast Peak section, guess what podcast is there, boys? Um... This American Life. Yes, This American Life. Comic Geek Speak? Yes, Comic Geek Speak. No, you fucking assholes. It's Real Nerds Podcast. Oh, oh what's that's that? us. That's oh, what us. we do. Except it's one, like, it's a picture of me and I look so fucking fat in it, it's disgusting. <laughs> no, no, no. fat pig. It is. It's like my big fat fucking head. And James is kind of blurry in the background. Did you submit that picture to them? I did. <laughs> well, they, they said they wanted a picture of the booth and that's the only one I had. Oh. 
not a picture of the booth with us with like George's John T or no, because somebody didn't put those on the Google Drive, so I could download them. Couldn't you just take them off Facebook? Yes, I'm just saying. Anyway, yeah, compressed versions. <laughs> but anyways, you can you'll be able to join us at Denver Comic Con for the festivities. I'm really excited. I did find that I am going to get a comic there, and I hope I can find it. What are you looking for? It's the issue before Gwen Stacy dies. It's a really cool cover of Spider-Man fighting the Hulk. Yeah. Um, I just don't want to pay $500 for it. Where? Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the stuff we've been watching this week. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. See, I changed it up because you fucked up my segue, so I wanted to make it really hard. You too. Can I go first? Oh God! No, trust. Just, just, just like, just like me. all his relationships with his his girlfriends. Can I just go first? <laughs> Doesn't think about anybody else. No, it's all about James's selfishness. It's because we're gonna. There's gonna be some crossover here. Okay. So, anyway, um, watched a couple things this week. Uh, went and saw Captain America again, um, which I still really love. It's too bad that that scene on the. Like on the on the like bridge dam thing between mm-hmm. Falcon and um and Cap, mm-hmm. I I wish that scene were longer. That's like my one critique. I think there's a a little piece of dialogue there about like who the Winter Soldier really is that's missing. Um, but other than that, I still love that movie. I think it's awesome. It's really cool to sit in a theater and like. When when certain reveals happen, like listen to the rumble through, the, through the audience. You know, I I was training a guy at my store today, and he saw Captain America yesterday. And I said, "Hey, did you know that? Spoiler, spoiler, spoilers! Did you know that Bucky is the Winter Soldier?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew when I saw you know the trailer. Yeah, but you know, in, in ours, people were gasping, like they couldn't believe Bucky." Yeah. Was back, and my mom has spent like the last couple of weeks rewatching that movie because it's been on like TNT every day, all day. And then she still didn't notice. Really? Yeah. Was your mom shocked by it? Yeah. She was like, oh, no way. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the other thing is uh, I've been, um, you know, this year I've been like crossing stuff off my list of shame. Mm-hmm. So these are movies that I've I've never really seen before. Or in, in rare cases, it's a movie where like I've seen chunks of, but haven't really sat and watched all the way James, through. James, you've already seen I, Frankenstein. Cross it off your list. <laughs> no, no, no. This one's a little bit more interesting. Um, so this week, I pay, I went to uh, Trades Mart and picked up some, some Blu-rays there. Nice. And one of the ones I picked up was this trilogy that I had not really seen before. Um, I'd seen most of the first one, but, uh, but hadn't seen the sequels. And so this week, I watched the first and second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> I have that, too. <laughs> Um, so that's why I wanted to bring it up because mm. of course you were going to talk about it too. Um, yeah. Um, I be careful. We don't want Brad to fucking kill us. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> he has that look first of all, of a murderer. first of all, as a cult movie that has so much love behind it, the Blu-ray fucking sucks. No, dick. it does. It's bad. Like this is one of the, it's a really bad, especially the first one is a horrible transfer. And I'd be uh, interested to know whether or not it's because of the film it was shot on at the time it was, it was yeah, made. It didn't, it didn't have a big budget. So I don't think it was. Yeah. That's probably what it is. Well, yeah. it, it may be that you really can't do much. But with I know it. you're talking about, but there's the, lots of, uh, black artifacts around things and yeah, lots yeah, of yeah. pixelation. And, um, yeah, it just looks like a, and maybe it's cause I got the, like the trilogy version <laughs> and not like the nice, you know, bad on one disc. Uh, no, I mean, they're in separate discs, but they're all in one case, you know, it, and like the cover is That's like, the one I got too. Yeah. It's like the, you also the, got a yeah, trade smart. Yeah. yeah. The, the stacked, you know, yeah. Like they sort of, they sort of hodgepodge to together. The posters about Brad, sorry to interrupt you. Oh, yeah. Um, does the turtle pizza box one, does it have a bonus disc with it? That has bonus features on it. No, it's, just, it's the four movies because it has TMNT in there too. Oh, okay. Does it does it have bonus features on the DVD on the Blu-rays at all? Really? Yeah, it has the trailers. Okay. It's it's not a lot. I mean, oh, okay, there's yeah. not a lot of documentation on you know, this movie. TMNT right. oh, for sure. uh, is the f- second Blu-ray I've ever bought. Really? I still own it. I still it's still one of the most impressive um, visually uh, when I got a Blu-ray player. Was the fight between uh, Raphael and Leonardo on the rooftop where it's yeah. raining? And oh no, it, it is looks, gorgeous. It looks yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, I kind of want to. <laughs> so after watching these two movies, I kind of want to go back and watch that one again because I really liked that one, um, and I really enjoyed the cartoon show when I was a kid. Um, I I would agree with you and what you said last week about the first one sort of being like it 
feels like they're smashing two ideas together. Um, and it's too bad because I, I really like, you know, the of the comics that I've read, the sort of more gritty and realistic, you know, they're ninjas and that kind of stuff. Um, and then as soon as that thick 90s stuff just drops into the middle and they're saying cowabunga and talking about pizza, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't ring true for me anymore um and it's it is wholly because i didn't watch it as a kid you know like i i liked the cartoons as a kid but my mom always thought they were dumb so i don't think we ever watched the movies um your mom's dumb <laughs> i had the uh i had the helicopter like the te- the teenage mutant ninja turtles helicopter where the propellers are snakes for some fucking reason yeah and you pull um, the trigger and then the little the rails box yeah 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 yeah. i had that and i thought it was cool um but then every time my mom saw me playing with it she was like ah turtles i don't know why you know for some reason she like she hated them the way she hated the simpsons for no reason the as impressive your lego room is yeah uh, you should see brad's turtle collection oh i bet it's Um, impressive yeah um and it's weird i so i put in the second one like having been told because there were a couple friends who i had told like oh that, that, that that's what i was doing and they were like, oh, man, yeah, you know, the first one's all right, but the second one's great. Um, I, don't underst- <laughs> I don't understand that argument because um, the second one. I think it's fun. It's f- Yeah, I think it is more. It, it has less of the problem that you were talking about last week about having yeah. sort of two minds. Like it is straight up a 90s sort of very kid-friendly fun movie. Um, and it, at that, I sort of appreciated it but didn't, ne- didn't necessarily like fall in love with it. Um, there was some fun stuff in there, but the fact that they basically just pull up the same story again and it's like, oh, but the shredder's back. Um, yeah, it's called the secret of the use, and yeah, it's a secret you already kind of knew, and they don't go into detail about. Yeah, it's like, oh, the ooze makes monsters. Here, here's but, the thing, though, yeah. I, I haven't even watched, but the animation. I haven't watched the second one yet. Uh, oh, okay. I figured recently. You had it I know I meant week. to, but I do remember. I love the scene where they're in the lab and they're stealing the ooze. Yes, and they're skateboarding around and stuff. I think it's fun. That's maybe the the best like fight scene I think in the first two movies. I would argue like uh, that one to me is really kind of creative and fun and um and uh, the anim the uh, animatronics, especially in the second one, are actually pretty cool. Um, there's there's you know like. The wolf monsters yep. bad, um, but like the turtles themselves, and especially Splinter, are awesome. Oh, I think Splinter um, in the first one's really good. He is. Oh, he totally is. Um, I was always a partial to Kawabunga. Yeah, that's my um, racist. But anyway. Asian rat. Um, I think I. I think I understand why people like them, but I didn't understand why I should. That's horrible. And you didn't watch the third one? I haven't watched the third one yet, no. The third one gets a lot of grief, too. I haven't seen it in a while, but I don't remember it not being that bad. I, I don't know. You, yeah. You've seen I mean, it probably more recently than I have. I know that they go to feudal Japan, which is the same thing that was wrong with Heroes. So <laughs> I just expect that that'll probably be dumb. You know what? I, I remember, too, watching it. I mean, I remember this. I saw, it was the first movie I actually remember going to as a kid in the theater. Because when I was little, I don't know. if I might have told the story on the podcast before, but... Uh, my mom and dad got a divorce, and so oh, you know, yeah, yeah. my mom didn't have very much money. And when Can you be okay? I think so. It was like 25 <laughs> years ago. Um, and uh, my mom picked us up from uh, school, and she says, oh, I have a surprise for you boys. And she drove us to the Green Mountain Theaters over here to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it was amazing watching it. I still remember the beats, and I still remember the one-liners and uh, everything about that movie. And it was fun watching it, but I forgot that Casey Jones straight up murders the Shredder in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's like, whoops, sorry about that. <laughs> That's what's weird is, like, they crush the shit out of that dude, and then the next movie it's just like, oh, he's got a bigger hat now. <laughs> no, he has Super Shredder, dude. I know. Yeah. But no, no, that's at the end. And then yeah. he mutates metal. And then defeats himself. <laughs> defeats himself. Yeah. That's the end. That's the unfortunate bit. Um, is it like it builds up like, oh man, we're going to get like this badass scene that's really going to be satisfying. Cause you know, the turtles don't defeat him in the first movie either. So I was <laughs> like, oh, okay, you're going to, you're going to really make up for that. And this is going to be the scene where turtles beat the shit out of this dude. And then he just falls in the ocean. That's the one thing I hope in the new one is they have a really badass fight scene with the shredder. Yeah. Because in the first one, it, they r- run up to him and he like trips him all the time. 
Yeah. I'm waiting for like a badass. In the comics, they cut off his head. Yeah. And that'll yeah. never happen. No, See, really. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they blow him up. <laughs> blow him up and then cut off his head later. That's nice. awesome. But they'll never prove that. <laughs> no. But as long Even in a PG-13 movie. Yeah. But as long as he's not like... As long as Shredder's not like um, a dude in a leftover Star Trek costume <laughs> with like some funny shoulder pads... I'll be happy. It's wrestler Kevin Nash. What? Never mind. Like I said last week, though, I still think it's badass. So when he gets his cape pulled over his uh, shoulder pads and they have the you know the spikes on them, I don't know. Yeah, I love stuff like that when I was a kid. And Sam Rockwell is in the first Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that was cool. Gentleman Broncos, Sam Rockwell. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, that's what I've been watching. Very cool. Brad, what have you been watching this week? I already know one because you blurted it out earlier. Okay, so I'll start with that one, I guess. I saw Cheap Thrills. Nice. Yeah. Was that any good? It wasn't as shocking as I expected it to be. Oh. Um, it's pretty standard. Like, all the stuff they compete for the money for is kind of like... Like, kind of obvious, I guess, you know. It's a lot of stuff you see in the trailer. It's like, yeah. It's like, hey... Go um, take a shit in this neighbor's house, and then uh, they just keep up in the ante like slightly, almost like they're jackass gags. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of saw the incoming because, mm. um, like, of course it would go here. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it comes down to one of their lives potentially being taken. Um, so it was okay, I guess. Um, it was entertaining, but I don't know if it's gonna stick with me. Just because there wasn't anything terribly inventive sure. or interesting about uh, their, con- their, I guess the one interesting thing was that I didn't see from the trailer was the actual conflict between the two guys who are, are roped into this competition. Um, but it's also kind of you're meant to feel like they have had this long rapport since high school, even though they in this in the movie they kind of meet for the first time after five years mm-hmm. of not seeing each other, and then throughout the rest of the movie you don't really feel like they're that attached to each other to warrant like oh my god like this one could kill the other and like mm-hmm. they mean something to each other so and I didn't feel like too, that was every, very impactful huh? every time I saw the trailer and David Koechner was in there and he said and he would say you know they'd have to do something I just kept on thinking back to Anchorman where he's like I'm gonna take your mom out for a nice steak dinner and never call her back <laughs> and that's all I could keep on thinking about <laughs> every time he would you know try to up the ante on him I don't know why so so David Koechner is pretty much ruined for you is what you're saying <laughs> well because he's always played someone goofy can you can you take him seriously in the movie does he do a good job oh yeah he's yeah. as like this insanely wealthy guy and even though him and the girl are villains of the movie you actually don't mind them. Like, mm-hmm. once you see how horrible the other two people are to each other trying to get their money, um, and actually they try to rob them before the game even starts. Mm. So they just kind of agree, like, we'll put this behind us if you just keep playing our game. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, like, the, I, you know, like you don't even really resent them hmm. for what they're doing to them. And then you actually hate the guy who comes out of it. <laughs> really? Ahead, so... Because he just becomes so despicable. I and mean, you, you understand why, but at the same time, it's like, wow, you really just like threw all your morals out the window. <laughs> um, but anyway, so. So do you think it's a rental, maybe? A rental, yeah. yeah. Oh, and I was so excited because it was like 10 o'clock Wednesday night. I think I saw it. And uh, I got there, and I was the only one who had bought a ticket. Nice. And then, of course... As soon as I got in the theater, one other dude bought a ticket. And so I was, huh? Almost. Mm. He was a row in front of me, off to the right. (laughs) Didn't even take the center. And this was at the Alamo. Is it the Alamo? So he could have picked his seat. Yeah. And I will go out and say, um, me and Brad saw Jason X at the Alamo, I don't know, in October, right? Yeah. And before I didn't know Brad was the only other person who bought a ticket to it. So when they brought up the map for the theater and I saw there was one person in a row, I literally picked the row four rows behind him. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's, <laughs> I don't want to sit next to that one person. But when I saw his Brad, I sat next to him. But it's funny. Huh. Yeah. So I was so close. So close to finally 
getting a theater all to myself. So but what you need is a Kira Knightley movie midday because yeah. that's happened to me twice. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, which Kira Knightley movies? Uh, it was uh, the jacket, the danger, no, the dangerous it, something, uh, King Arthur. No, it was Confessions of a Dangerous... No, oh, yeah, yeah. Method? Dangerous Method? David. Yeah, Dangerous Method. Something like that? Yeah. yeah. Whatever the one with Michael Fassbender where she gets... Yeah. ...pleasured. Whoa. Nice. What was the other Keira Knightley one? I forget. But it was two of them. Uh, Pride and Prejudice. And I was the only one in there. Atonement. Uh, I finished Family Ties. Oh, was, it, was it a nice series ending? I guess. Actually, by the end, they actually had more interesting stories. Mm. Like, uh, they started to do stories about, like, uh, Earth... Resource conservation was one episode. Another one was uh, these. Uh, you don't really think about it as you're watching it, but uh, it's a very white show. <laughs> like, there's very few um, minorities as even like side characters. Uh, early on, uh, the dad at the PBS station he has like a coworker who's black, and he shows up like once, and then like two seasons later once, and then in this two part episode. Which, as the series goes on, there's a lot of two-part episodes, and a lot of them are clip shows. Huh. This show is full of clip episodes, even two-parters. <laughs> wow. It's insane and boring. <laughs> um, yeah, it was staggering. Like It seemed like every four episodes I was watching a clip show. Really? It felt like it. Um, but yeah, in this one in particular, um, his coworker moves, like, oh, we're, we want to move. And they convince him, oh, you should come to our neighborhood. It's great. And they go to that neighborhood and they become like victims of hate crimes wow. in their neighborhood uh, because, um, well, it was one, they have a town, uh, community meeting at one point to address the problem because they're getting harassment calls and stuff about, and it's mostly because they're like, oh, well, you know, we don't have retirement and our house values are going down because these black people moved in and that's why we want them out of here. Um, and then eventually it escalates to like their house getting trashed and stuff and um, Real serious stuff in family. Yeah, it's, it's really, really dramatic, and um, towards the end of it. But um, you just reminded me, clip shows were even a thing. Yeah, like, I had forgotten that television used to do this thing where every now and then they would just cobble together this pile of. We don't shit have an idea this week, week so yeah. here, watch these old ones. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I, the last one I saw was the Office one. Yeah. Which I was surprised they'd even do yeah. one like that. That's right. Oh, Banker. Man. Um. Wow. It's fun to watch. Uh, I keep forgetting to mention this, like, because Michael J. Fox is Canadian. Once in a while on the show, he'll say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So I finished that. And then I feel like I watched something else major, but uh, just yesterday I started watching The Guild. Really? Oh, yeah. Which is interesting because on Netflix, uh, you know, say season one, season two, season three, and then you go look at it, it's like they took, because they're all like one minute episodes. They basically just made it one big episode. Mm. So it's like season one, episode one, and then that's it. <laughs> huh. Um, so I've only watched this first season, and I, I guess it's okay. <laughs> um, it's def- our show's definitely shot better. Nice. <laughs> um, but that's season one. So Yeah. And it's uh, from 2007, so it's standard def. So it's a big square. Same room, widescreen, and... Um, it's it's got some funny moments, but I'm not really connected with it yet. Yeah. Mm. Do you think it's because you don't play World of Warcraft? It might have something to do with it. But there's always like uh, the expected archetypes of like those types of gaming yeah. nerds. Like there's one um, like 40 year old guy who's very clinical and organized with everything and f- follows the rules, and um, he's very um, like they go to a restaurant and he's like got his finances planned out where he's like, Oh, I can afford this. And this costs as much. Like he's very, I got all, all his numbers together. And then there's like one girl who's a big swearer. And then there's a, uh, a mom who spends like he, she corrals her kids in the kitchen, like in a dog cage while she gets, while she plays the <laughs> online game. And then of course there's one guy who's like infatuated f- with Felicia day, um, and hangs around her all the time. Um, so like, yeah, all these kind of like what you'd expect these caricatures of people to be yeah, uh, for a show like that. So, Oh yeah. And there's like one young guy who's a dick, <laughs> um, who's a tech savvy, you know? Yeah. Uh, God, I wish he's, I feel like I'm, had something really interesting. I just can't remember what it was, but we'll say that's all I watched. 
Um, I watched just a couple things. I I know I watched it on Netflix a while ago, but I got the uh, the collector's edition of Night of the Comet. It's a Scream Factory, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, it's basically kind of Valley Girls meet Zombie Apocalypse with huh. a comet that turns people into dust. And uh, it's actually kind of a funny movie, uh, watching it again and getting the jokes in it. Um, and, and it has some real questions that, you know, it asks you, you know, how would, if everybody died, where would you go? And uh, it's kind of a fascinating movie. And it's it was better than I remember it being. Um, the girls in it were really cute. And... Um, and they had great chemistry. And there's this really fun uh, montage, of course, because it's an 80s movie, where they're shopping in a department store to girls just want to have fun. Um, but it is ruined by zombie guys with machine guns. And, uh, <laughs> and then they shoot them as well. It's, it's fun. Um, and, of course, Scream Factory, the f- special features are really awesome on it. Um, it always amazes me when I watch these kind of forgotten movies that they're able to find all these directors and writers and stars and have them do uh the making of them are have followed the same format where they just get all the stars and producers and writers and director and they just have them talk about the movie and yeah uh, it's always amazing to me they're able to find all the people for it um and it's also one of the few blu-rays that are coming out now that always have three or four trailers of the movie on it Mm -hmm. um, because that's kind of a lost thing on special features now um but yeah you should check it out it's if if you like kind of campy b horror movies that uh, look really good on Blu-ray because Scream Factory does a great job. You should check it out. Uh, I started watching Kevin Smith's movies again. Um, I don't know why I really got into, um, really wanted to watch them. And so I actually got Clerks, Chasing Amy, and Dogma on Blu-ray. Um, we'll talk about what I'm getting next week on Blu-ray and what's coming <laughs> out. Um, but I watched Clerks and Dogma uh, this week. And, I, you know, I forgot how kind of snappy uh, Clerks is, um, the dialogue and how funny it is. Uh just just interaction between Dante and Randall always makes me laugh. Uh, and it's funny, too, reading the rating systems now because they have, you know, what it's rated R for. And it says excessive uh, use of sexual words. or it's, it's like it's really funny throughout the film, like excessive use of sex related dialogue throughout the film. Mm. Um, yeah, there's some pretty hardcore stuff in it. Uh, you know, the one thing that always bothered me about Clerks was the girl that... Dante is leaving his one girlfriend for. She talks like this. And I'd always say, Dante, why are you leaving her for this girl? I understand it's probably just his friends and stuff. Yeah. You know, but she always used to drive me crazy. And then I remembered watching it that her voice would irritates the fuck out of me. <laughs> um, and I, <laughs> you know, watching it, I think back to all his other movies. Um, you know, because uh, Alyssa Jones' sister is in Clerks and uh, the one girl that the only line that uh, T.S. delivers great in Mallrats where is, she's fucking dead is that girl in that one um, and it is funny too seeing Jay uh, Jason Mewes not quite be an actor yet mm. uh, he's delivering lines he's trying to remember what to say but it's still really funny because it seems natural to him Yeah. Um, but yeah I really enjoyed Clerks it's, it's still a really funny movie um, and it's cool too because you can actually see Kevin Smith grow as a filmmaker when you watch that one he has a lot of those um, I call them independent shots where it's people's feet feet moving and stuff while they're talking. And it's really distracting. Uh, but the movie is still funny and it's really well done um, dialogue wise. Uh, Dogma is still, I think, maybe his best written movie um, as far as the monologues that Loki and Bartleby have. It's probably I would say it's his best written comedy. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. I know. Right. I, I still chasing Amy. Still, my favorite movie that he's ever made. Yeah. Um, but Dogma, watching it again, I haven't seen it in years, but watching it again, it, I mean, there's some really good things in it. Uh, I, I think Ben Affleck is amazing in Dogma. Yeah. Um, the scene where he goes to uh, movie and he's talking about all the sins that those people did is so freaking brilliant. Um, I, I wish people got more on the Ben Affleck train. Because I think he is a really talented actor. I think he just made some bad decisions in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, so it was really cool to see Dogma. If you haven't seen Dogma, um, you know, it's about the end of the world. Yeah. I only made the distinction because I think that that Red State is his most intelligently written movie. Hmm. 
Um, but anyway. What do you think, Brad? What's your favorite Kevin Smith movie? Uh, a lot of them are so good. Um, maybe Mallrats. <laughs> That's coming out this week. I can't wait to get it on Blu-ray. Or yeah, Clerks 2. Yeah, I think Mallrats is my favorite. I just Really? Yeah, I think that Red State is the smartest one he's done. Yeah, I still love Chasing Amy. I can't wait to watch it on Blu-ray. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed watching Dogma again. Um, there's just some moments in it, and you can see, uh, I don't know, someone who is questioning his faith but still believes in yeah. uh, faith. Um, and I mean, basically, he's, you know, after watching all the evenings and listening to the commentary, I mean, he's Bethany in it. You know, it's right. it's it's very fascinating. Uh, and I, I love how the characters change. I mean, Loki at the beginning of it is kind of the guy who has all these crazy ideas and he's the the one who's, you know, unhinged. But as the movie progresses, Bartleby, who played by Ben Affleck, becomes more um, unhinged and a little more crazy. And this is a really interesting movie. I think it's really well done. And I still laugh every time I see Buddy Christ. <laughs> um, and George Carlin is really good as the cardinal in it. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Uh, especially when he's describing how sad it is. <laughs> the old crucifix is sad. And trying to get people in church and Christian wow is really funny. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I can't wait to continue to watch his movies because, I mean, obviously I've seen them many times, but it's always fun when you don't see it for a while and rediscovering what you love about them. They had a Jersey Girl at the Alamo a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I wanted oh, yeah? to see them. It was a movie interruption thing, so Aww. people would have been talking through it, but <sighs> I haven't seen that movie since the theater, so. Yeah, I also don't think it's that bad of a movie. He, no, he, he it takes was a good when I watched it, but it yeah, you, it's, it's 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 a tame Kevin Smith where you kind of expect right. his dialogue to be out of control. Um, yeah, yeah, it was fun. It's sort of him making a mainstream movie. Yeah, uh, and then the last thing I watched is I even mentioned it on Twitter is Psycho, which on Blu-ray looks stunning. Does it? Uh, oh man, it, it, there's something about you know I I went through this with the uh, Dick Van Dyke show and is on you know, Blu-ray, I'm like, is it really worth it to upgrade black and white right. to Blu-ray? Because, you know, you you uh, you assume that black and white means lower quality. Well, and I think you assume that, like, the older the film, the harder it's going to be to make it yeah, to get that quality exactly. out of it, which it, it isn't actually true. It is not true at all. Um, you know, the only ones that I notice uh, is obviously because The Mummy and Frankenstein are 80 year, years old. Yeah. They still have that hiss in them. But I think that's more of just the time, and they really put the soundtrack probably. There's no way to get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, the audio is a little bit harder to... Yeah. Yeah. But Psycho, because it's made by such a brilliant director um, and shot so well, is, is, is beautiful on Blu-ray. Uh, there's no popping in it. Uh, the grays, the blacks, the whites, just they look so amazing. And what happens is, is you actually get transported into the movie, and... I, I, I just watched it uh, was it last night or the day before, and I just get sucked in the world so much because it's so well done, and the performances are so good in it, um, and just everything about that movie I think is so well done. Uh, uh, still, one of my favorite shots. You know, everyone talks about the um, the shower scene, which is probably the most famous murder scene in movie history. Yeah. Um, but my actual favorite shot in the movie is when the private eye gets killed. Where and I think it's actually pretty scary. Um, he's walking up the stairs. Have you seen Psycho Red? I haven't. But I was going to say, is your favorite shot uh, Anna Hitch's butthole? <laughs> no, that's the that's the remake. Oh, you're <laughs> the original one. Okay, yeah, the original one. I haven't um, seen either. So yeah. Uh, but anyways, the private detective is walking up the stairs, and at the top you see the room to Norman's mother's bedroom like crack open, and as he's just about gets to the top stair, all of a sudden. Uh, Norman's mom busts through the the door and she slices him across the head with a knife and blood pours down his face and he falls backwards and the shot stays on him as he's falling backwards and he hits the hits the ground it's it's freaking beautiful um if you like murder (laughs) it's really fascinating though it's 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 been reclassified as rated r really and i know it wasn't rated when it came out no i think it's been reclassified three times and when I see it, I'm like, rated R? Is this should be a rated R movie? And the only thing I can think of why it's rated R is, I mean, the blood's not even that bad. Is I think it's because it's so scary. Yeah, it's going to be because of the intensity. Yeah. Um, but it's so well done. I mean, Hitchcock is so good at suspense. Even the scenes where Marion's driving, you know, and is she going to get? Is the cop going to find out that she stole that money? And 
Um, the movie's so good. It's such a great movie. If you haven't uh, seen it, you should really do yourself a favor and see it. Did you get this this 50th anniversary yeah. edition? Oh, man. That, how much is it on Amazon? It's $40. You want to hear a funny story about that? Yes. Um, I was at Tradesmart three weeks ago, and I was just looking through I already through. hate you. Yeah, it was ten ninety nine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's a hard one to find. Yeah, clearly. Because I was literally, as you were talking, like, oh, I'm just going to order it now. And then I saw it, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that would be the most expensive Blu-ray I own. It's expensive. Man. You can borrow mine if I want. The special features on it are really good, too. Uh, um, I might. They have a and making of it and uh, a retrospective with the actors and actresses. Next week, i got to re- bring you a copy of Rebecca, because you're going to love that. But, you know, I, sh- I should say I did get uh, the Scream Factory reissues of Psycho 2 and 3. Yeah. Which, uh, they're pretty good. I haven't seen them in a long time. But Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates is amazing. I uh, see. I've never seen the sequels. I'll have to check them um, out. But w- the scene where he's with Marion Crane in uh, his study is, oh, so good. So good. I love that movie. Cool. That's what I watched. What the fuck is coming out on Blu-ray next week? DVD releases and Blu-rays. I don't even say DVD anymore. <laughs> uh, Philomena is the big one, um, which was like a movie from the end of last year that people talked about being good, but I didn't really... That's a movie I think really I'm going to rent on Amazon. Yeah? Yeah. I don't even know what it's about. Uh, it's old about lady this old and lady who's dying, and that guy uh, is interviewing him, her, uh, I think, is man. the story. just sounds depressing. Um, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which Brad saw and so. was said was interesting. Yeah, I almost, I almost I put it on my top ten list for last yeah, year. Really? Like, like a Like a... Yeah. Um, it's a nice movie. Yeah, it's nice. It's <laughs> a good thing to say. Like your mom <laughs> says about the kids down the street. <laughs> He's a nice He's a boy. Nice boy. Yeah. Uh, the nut job happens nice. this week. I can't believe they named a movie that. <laughs> Not a couple of dicks, but nut job. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't say a that's couple a kids of dicks. movie. You can name a movie good dick in the same year that a couple of dicks was supposed to come out, but um, but you can't. Anyway. Um, Right Along, that mm-hmm. movie with Ice Cube in it. Uh, there's a Criterion version of Breaking the Waves coming out this week. Uh, there's a Blu-ray release of Touch of Evil, uh, which I've never seen and should probably put on my list. Yeah. But now I've sort of spoiled the fact that I've never seen it. Um, the Invisible Woman, which I think was from last year. Um, yeah. So it's a documentary about real life. Oh! Whoa. He got it. He got it. No, it's a uh, Ralph Fiennes movie from last year. Um uh, release of Flowers in the Attic. And the big one is Mallrats. Comes out on Blu-ray this yes, week. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, Brad's I've had, had it, it on HGTV for, what, seven years? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's also, been great. Also, uh, Wrong Cops comes out this week as well. What? Yep. Only on DVD, though. That's yes, nice. only on DVD. But Bring it on Blu-ray, could, I'll buy could, it. You <laughs> could see Wrong Cops this week if you wanted to. I tell people about Wolf Cop. They don't think it exists. Oh, it's a, it exists. <laughs> it does. At least the poster does. <laughs> I'd buy the poster. <laughs> I didn't even need the movie. Uh, real news. It's real news. Okay, the, the biggest news this week is Robert Downey Jr. has an official Twitter page. Um, and in the first 10 minutes, I already tweeted him, uh, gay for RDJ. He has not responded amazingly. But, <laughs> More uh, avenues for him to ignore you. Yes. <laughs> but now I actually have the everyday tweet where I can say, please come on my show. This is true. Yeah. So come to Denver, come on the show. Yeah. Come to Denver, come on our show. So it's a, it's kind of fun. Can't believe it took him this long. It's funny too. His, uh, says Robert Downey Jr. You know who I am. Yeah. So yeah, make sure you tweet him. In like five minutes, when by the time I saw it, uh, and he announced it, he already had some like thirty-five thousand followers. <laughs> yeah, well, he had a lot of famous people out there being like, "Ah," <laughs> so it happens quick. Um, yeah, that was easily the biggest news of the Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Um, there's some rumor that uh, Johnny Depp might be in Kevin Smith's Tusk, which would be interesting. I don't know that I, I care that much, but anyway, I'm interested in Tusk more than I am yeah. in Johnny Depp. I can't imagine it'd be affordable enough to be in Tusk. I I maybe as if a favor. Be a favor but yeah. What favor would he owe Kevin Smith? I don't I, maybe know. he doesn't necessarily owe a favor, but just wants to be in a Kevin Smith. Like maybe he wants to be in a movie that's not the same movie again. Yeah, maybe. Like because even Transcendence to me, I look at it and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is the character you played in Nick of Time, Ninth Gate, uh, the hand of other a handful of other movies where it's you know. 
But maybe he too he wants. I mean, how fun was he in Twenty One Jump Street? Mm. Oh, I agree. So yeah, maybe he wants to maybe do something fun like that. No, I think he's still talented. Like I, I really like Johnny Depp. I just feel like he allows himself to get typecast really easily. I know know exactly what you mean. I I think, uh, yeah. So hopefully he'll maybe he just yeah called him up. I don't know if Tusk is going to be a fun movie. It's kind of (laughs) weird. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I'll wait. I think you listen to a lot of Smodcast podcasts. It'll be a fun movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, but if you're not, if you don't listen to podcasts, because it's based on stuff yeah. they talked about. So if the guy on the Craigslist who makes you dress up as a walrus or something, right? Yeah. yeah, and then a host of other things like the Nazi party is like another gag they came up with. Like, so there's all these like nods to skits they've thought up. Huh. So like, even I think I've missed a few, but I imagine someone who just completely goes in without listening to anything will be completely confused about why mm-hmm. these things matter. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, um, are you guys big Truman Show fans? You guys yeah. like the Truman Show? It was nice when it came out. Yeah, it was all right. It's one of those that, like, I meet people every now and then who are like, oh, I adore the Truman Show, and they like they just subscribe to that you movie. get a fucking hard on. They're like, oh, my God, yeah, my dick's so hard. Yeah. I'm dying for a Blu-ray of The Majestic. Come on, I, already. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I, I actually, I really like that movie. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Bruce Campbell's in that. Once yep. again, they're talking about making a TV show out of this, um, which seems They've been doing kind for the past meta. 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the the more interesting thing to me, uh, to me about this is this idea that they keep going back because you know they're about to launch Fargo, um, and I'm curious to see whether or not they start doing this where they're gonna go back and like find '90s movies that people really like and that are genuinely really good and trying to make shows out of them. Um, I don't know. Pulp Fiction, the TV series. <laughs> you, no, yeah, exactly. Reservoir Dogs, the TV series. Yeah. Um, the Big Lebowski, the TV series. Some of them, I think, work. Like, Fargo, to me, I'm actually genuinely kind of excited about. Like, I, I was very tepid and standoffish to begin with, and now, as I've seen what they're doing with it, I'm kind of interested. Um, but, yeah, I don't... Truman Show seemed like we, they did it. Like, I, I saw the movie. I don't know where you go with that, but... The Matrix, renewed. <laughs> <laughs> For second season. <laughs> that one I like. Yeah. Canceled. Uh, and then finally, uh, this is like a, just a big sweeping conversation here. Um, there was a lot of news this week about other non-Marvel studio Marvel movies becoming franchises. Um, so whole lot of talk about Spider-Man getting a Venom spinoff and a Sinister Six spinoff, as well as, um, uh, shoot, there's one other S. Oh, as well as there being like Easter eggs in some of the marketing material for Venom and Carnage. Um, and then you've got the X-Men movies where producers are talking about wanting to do Mystique movies and Deadpool and Gambit and all of this other stuff that they now own. Does any of it interest you? Um, I, I'm, I, again, I, I don't know if you can make a movie out of Sinister Six when I found out who's directing it and writing it. Uh, I mean, it makes me more interested in it, but it's, uh. Drew Goodard, who if you didn't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, did Cabin in the Woods. Did Cabin in the Woods. So it, there's some fascinating things. I don't – I still think – you know, I think Carnage would actually be an interesting villain for Spider-Man in a movie. Yeah. Where you wouldn't have – if you just had some guy who had no moral boundaries and Spider-Man had to stop him, I think it would be kind of interesting. Because um, I think Carnage is more interesting than Venom. Um, the idea of him where he's yeah. a serial killer who now all of a sudden gets superpowers. What would a serial killer do with superpowers? And how far would Spider-Man go to stop said serial killer? I think it's a fascinating story. Um, but a Venom movie I'm not interested in all because um, I don't think he's that good of a character. I think Deadpool could make a good movie if you made it fun. Yeah, I I feel like Deadpool... I would almost say that Deadpool needs to be animated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, it, it's just... In order to do that character right, uh, the the way that I think is the right way to do that character, which is very meta and and quirky and like like the mask but yeah. with superheroes well and I mean, which cast, he sort of is and you could cast nolan north who voices deadpool in the marvel oh, movies i mean the marvel video games oh, that would be cool yeah. oh man yes um but yeah it's interesting i don't the problem is is when you take characters that are from such a when characters are defined by another character spider-man and x-men it's not going to work as well as characters in the avengers where they already have their own... The, the thing with the Avengers, they already had their own identity before they became the Avengers. Yeah. So by taking someone like Venom or um, Mystique, who her whole basis is 
predicated on characters that interact with her. Yeah. I mean, how do you make it interesting? Um, I think uh, I think I think you just sort of hit it on the head. I I, I like that argument. That that makes a lot of sense to me. Mystique actually to me is the one that makes. Th- the most sense because mm-hmm. with first class and what we're seeing with yeah. uh days of future past i think they've done a lot of work to make that character interesting on her own um because now there's some conflict there like mystique mm-hmm. from the from the original three it was kind of pointless like she was cool but that's all um whereas now this sort of flip-flopping you know character who's sort of split on what her real loyalties are that character's kind of interesting but she's not as interesting to me as some of the little side characters like Black Widow that they've mm-hmm. split, that they've set up, um, but I, we haven't seen Days of Future Past yet, um, so maybe maybe she's going to get some of that stuff. But I I, I don't give a shit about Gambit. <laughs> I just don't like he's not inter- He's never been that cool. I know Channing Tatum wants to play Gambit. Good for Channing Tatum. He might make a good Gambit. Yeah, he probably would. Yeah. I like Taylor Kitsch a lot, but that doesn't mean that Gambit in Wolverine movie was cool. <laughs> I don't know if it has a lot to do with Gambit. I think it, no, yeah. it has a lot to do with that movie. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. People, they're going to keep on doing it until some until one of them flops big time. Oh then, yeah, and then they'll. But until well, they, they were, do, they already were going to do this. The last, you know, after X Men Three, they were going to do a Magneto movie. Well, yeah, and a Wolverine that's, that's movie. That's why it's called X Men Origins, right? And then X Men Origins flopped, and Magneto got turned into X Men First Class in some ways. So it's like, well, all right, you know, yep. And then they'll just reboot the whole fucking thing. Yep. Comic books can always start again. Retcon, baby. Ugh. Then you can have Gwen Stacy sleep with the Green Goblin. Ugh. The worst story of all time. Anyways, <sighs> no deaths this week. No. Uh oh. Oh, um, the Ultimate Warrior died. He did. No, it's pretty sad. Uh, he just got uh, inducted into the WWE, before, yeah, yeah, WWE Hall of Fame, and he was with his wife and kids, and they were leaving a hotel, and he fell over and died. Mm. Uh, but no, what what Brad's actually talking about is Mickey Rourke died this week. He did. Mickey Rourke died. Uh, Mickey Rooney. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Mickey, Mickey Rourke died. Actually, Mickey Rourke died in 95, but his corpse has been making <laughs> movies for a while now. Um, but yeah, no, Mickey Rooney. Uh, famous for his completely racist portrayal in <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> I still yeah. like that movie. I, I do, too. Get, I should Love get it on Blu-ray. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's gorgeous on Blu-ray. Yeah. Audrey Hepburn's great. Mm-hmm. Kind of boring. Yeah. Anyway. You, you, you know, you also missed uh, Stephen Colbert will be the host of The Late Show now. Oh, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And um, you also missed... Ryan, are you excited about the Friends reunion show? <laughs> Is that really happening? I don't know. It looks... I, don't, I don't think I, don't I missed it. <laughs> I don't know if it's a fake thing. Um... Because I clicked on the link and it took me to an Amazon book that said "Friends for Ten Years." We'll see. I'll I'll be excited if it happens. I can't imagine it would. I feel like uh, what's her name, Rachel, would be Jennifer like. Anderson. I'm too big for this. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing with that too: is I mean, they made tons of money. Their last three seasons, they got paid a million dollars an episode. Yeah, they won't get paid a million dollars for they a won't. union show. They won't, but no, but like, really, what's she doing? How big is she? He's a, a pretty big movie star now. Just yeah, that but we're the Millers and yeah, horrible bosses. I think she's in the second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's sexy. Hmm. I stick my P in her V. Ah, <laughs> uh, this week we went and saw the Grand Budapest Hotel because nothing looked fan- nothing tickled our fancy this week. So it was a yeah. movie me and James really wanted to see. Uh, and Brad, because Brad had seen it, and Brad hasn't seen it. Brad, people go see the Grand Budapest Hotel? Gosh, this is a tough one. So I want to be delicate, but I I don't want to stir people away from not seeing it, but <laughs> I feel like people should just find out for themselves just how amazing this movie is. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It's delightful. And it's actually my second time watching it, and it was delightful. I just can't nice. get enough of it. Mr. Hart? Um... Yeah, I think it's pretty fun. It's not my favorite of the Wes Anderson movies, but um, I mean, it, it's it's gorgeous. His his movies are always worth seeing simply because they are pretty to look at. So yeah, people should see it. I think so too. Here's the clever trailer for the Grand Budapest Hotel. 
run to the cathedral of Santa Maria in Bruckneplatz, buy one of the plain half-length candles and take back four Klubecks in change. Light it in the sacristy, say a brief rosary, then go to Mendel's and get me a courtesan au chocolat. If there's any money left, give it to the crippled shoeshine boy. Hold it. Who are you? I'm Zero, sir. The new lobby boy. And so my life began. Junior lobby boy in training under the strict command of Monsieur Gustave H. I began to realize that many of the hotel's most valued and distinguished guests came for him. I love you. I love you. She was dynamite in the sack, by the way. She was 84. Mm, I've had older. I became his pupil, and he was to be my counselor and guardian. The police are here. Tell them I'll be right now. She's been murdered, and you think I did it. This is Madame D's last will and testament to Monsieur Gustave H. I bequeath a painting known as Boy with Apple. It's a masterpiece. The rest of this shit is worthless junk. This man is a ruthless adventurer and a con artist who preys on mentally feeble, sick old ladies. And he probably fucks them, too. How's that supposed to make me feel? Did he just throw my cat out the window? You see, there are still faint glimmers of civilization left in this barbaric slaughterhouse that was once known as humanity. Whoa! Indeed, that's what we provide in our own modest, humble, insignificant... Oh, fuck it. What's the meaning of this shit? Boy with apple, I thought you did. Now. Are you fucking kidding me? Right away, Ray Fiennes is amazing in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, he might be one of my favorite Wes Anderson characters ever <laughs> um, because he, he has such this posh to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he always oh, says darling and stuff, but then he has this really foul mouth and he's really like kind of a skis ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love those moments because it also sort of breaks the the sort of Wes Anderson mystique, you know. Yeah. Where, and, and he does kind of play that up where like people will start to talk in poetry and you kind of get sick of it, and then somebody will break that. Um, it's cool. Yeah, he's he's hilarious. Uh, th- yeah, the movie concerns this writer who goes to the Grand Budapest Hotel, and he's interviewing the owner of it, whose name is Zero, and uh, Zero Mustafa, right? And it turns out he's the lobby boy at the beginning. It's not spoilers. They say that pretty early. And how he came into such a fortune, because his name is Zero, because everything he, he has not nothing. He has yeah. nothing. Uh, and so it's kind of a, a cute caper movie. Um, yeah. You know, the thing with Wes Anderson movies for me is it always takes me about 20 minutes to get into him because he has such a distinct voice and such a distinct style that you have to be able to get into it. Well, and, and he has a habit of sort of holding you at a distance at first, either either by having the world seem very bizarre, you know, like with life, with life aquatic, or in this case, there's, there's three narrators. Mm. Two of them are the same person, but it's two different people doing the narrating. Um, so there's like, there's three narrators and four layers to get into the story. Um, and that can make it difficult for you to really like get some momentum going. But once he does, it's, it's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, F. Murray Abraham has such a great voice, and yeah. as he's narrating, um, you really get into it. And you know, it, it's 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 funny. Um, it's really cute. And and you know, my favorite shot from the trailer is you know he, uh, Mr. Gustave, Monsieur Gustave, who's played by Ray Fiennes, comes out and he says, "Oh, she's dead. Uh, she was murdered. And you think I'm the one who did it?" And then he runs away. <laughs> um, but you know, in the movie, he has about five or six more lines and the build up to it is, you know, be cool, do everything you can and uh, ignore it. And he comes out there and you can tell he's sweating. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he just runs away mid sentence. And I n- always know when a joke lands is when my wife laughs at out, <laughs> out loud at it, because my wife is kind of one of those people when they see movies, when she laughs, she's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, she doesn't really do the laugh out loud. So that that moment happened and she w- laughed really loud. I'm like, Oh, that joke really works well. And I think it's has to do with the whole Wes Anderson thing there where his writing is really good. The way he shoots everything is really good because, I mean, he holds it on that one frame and that one look through and, you know, you see him run away and then go up the stairs yeah. and then go up on the, the balcony or the lobby. <laughs> I don't know what you'd call it. And, yeah. 
And then Edward Norton realizes that he should go after him. It's, it's a really a goofy scene. Um, but it's also kind of a cute movie. Um, the I forget the kid's name. Who it's his first movie. He plays a lobby boy. He's really good in it. Shoot. Yeah. Um, balls. Um, hmm. Anyway, kid who plays zero. Yeah, he plays zero. Uh, Willem Dafoe is creepy in it. Um, he, he looks like a vampire. He does. I think that's one of those weird characters in Wes Anderson movies that always sticks out. And you know that one scene where he's holding Jeff Goldblum's cat. Mm-hmm. And I, that was hilarious. But you don't know it's his cat, and and he. Willem Dafoe's holding him, he throws him out the window, and in only a way Jeff Goldblum could deliver this line is, did, did you just throw my cat out the window? <laughs> and yeah. and what makes the movie so great, and which is a great little joke, is, you know, he runs over and looks down, and you expect maybe the cat to be on a ledge or something, but no, it's very cartoonily splattered all over the pavement. Yeah. And we didn't land on his feet so much, did he? <laughs> it did not. <laughs> and, uh, and then there's just so many goofy moments. I mean, when uh, his character is leaving, he goes to the coat check and it says dead Persian cat is on his ticket. I don't know why he would check dead Persian <laughs> cat. But, um, yeah. Well, and then he, he just dumps it in the trash can on his way to the museum. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is a great yeah. scene of just like Jeff Goldblum constantly looking over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, Willem Dafoe sneaking around. And oh, man, the first when his fingers get chopped off in the door, like it would have like a w- interesting little detail like <laughs> yeah. to throw in there to like give you the extra set, the extra like, Ooh, yeah. Ah, God. Yeah. Yeah. If I had one complaint about this movie is I guess it, it's in the character of zero. Um, but he kind of glazes over some important parts where he talks about how hard it is for his talk about Agatha. And then he talks about, no, she died. And then uh, I guess it fits in it, too, with Mr. Mr. Gustav, where he gets, you know, he stands up to the Nazis, I guess, and he gets taken out and shot. Um, I yeah. Don't, it's, it's, it's weird that it's just glazed over really fast. I felt like th- there, there was a period in the center somewhere um, during the part where he's in jail where I kind of lost track of where I sort of lost some of the momentum. Um, I don't want to say I got bored. Um, I just felt like there started being just sort of filler stuff, scenes that were still interesting and they were so beautiful, but I didn't know that I was, I didn't know that they were really propelling things forward for me anymore. Um, that was, you know, only issue I had with it. But then like once it started wrapping up again, I was like, oh, okay, cool. No, no, no now we're, now we're good. Um, but it just, and, and maybe it was, um, maybe it's a failure on my part that I felt like, like him being in jail and that whole thing was not really where I expected it to go. And this whole escape thing that it, it felt like a diversion to me. Um, and that's probably just a failure on my part to like, let the movie go wherever it was supposed to. But, um, I don't know. That was, I I think that was the one thing that detracted from, for me, but everything else, the movie is just so much fun. I like the West Anderson version of, uh, telling people how to make someone (laughs) your bitch in prison. (laughs) Like it's so elegant. (laughs) And it's funny too, you know, the Wes Anderson, little thing where they're in the confessional and he meets uh serge the the house person or the house servant who ran away and he's he's trying to say you know the second copy of the second will and uh mr gustav just loses like what the fuck are you talking about yeah. just goes on and on and he doesn't realize he was killed it's pretty funny yeah yeah um, but yeah that, that's you know breaking the wes anderson wall i think mm-hmm. and i think he he recognized that and that's why he's such a a smart and creative filmmaker. Uh, yeah. And I think that's why his movies usually work. I love the, uh, I, I think he really pulled off fairly well. The, the newspaper of like the, the like young girl's head found in basket, mm-hmm. right. Where like the tension he builds right before that. And then you skip to that newspaper. And for a second I was like, no, <laughs> no, he, no. And then of course, you know, they reveal the head and you're like, holy shit. Okay, good. At least it's not the person I wanted it to be. Uh, or that I was afraid it was. Um, yeah, that was really impressive. And there's a... It, to, to better understand, here's a scene uh, with Mr. Gusov and Zero as he's introducing him to the Grand Budapest. Who are you? I'm Zero, sir. The new lobby boy. Zero, you say? Yes, sir. Well, I've never heard of you. never laid eyes on you. Who hired you? Mr. Mosher, sir. Mr. Mosher? Yes, Monsieur Gustav. Am I to understand you've surreptitiously hired this young man in the position of a lobby boy? He's been engaged for a trial period, pending your approval, of course. Uh, perhaps, yes. 
Thank you, Mr. Mosher. You're most welcome, Monsieur Gustav. You're now going to be officially interviewed. Should I go and light the candle first, sir? What? <laughs> no. Experience. Hotel Kinski, kitchen boy, six months. Hotel Berlitz, mop and broom boy, three months. Before that, I was a skillet scrubber. Experience in the zero. Thank you again, Mr. Gustav. Straighten that cap, Anatole. The pleasure's mine, Herr Schneider. Mr. Esbusters. These are not acceptable. I fully agree. Education. I studied reading and spelling. I started my primary school. I almost finished. Education, zero. Now it's exploded. Good morning, Cicero. Call the goddamn plumber. This afternoon, Monsieur Gustav. Will that fail for our leave? What on hell is this? Not now. Family. Zero. That's a fun scene, too, because he he's, you know, chastising the lobby boy for how he has to do something, but he's still doing his job and he's doing it really well and he's hitting all these beats. And Mm -hmm. as an actor, I can imagine how hard that is to not only perform, but to hit the right moments uh, as you go through. So well done. I had fun at it. That's a cool movie. I'm I'm glad we saw it. Will it be a Brad's number one movie of the year? Maybe. Probably. I'm trying to think. Will The Amazing Spider-Man be Ryan's number one movie of the year? Probably. Uh, it wasn't my number one movie of the year um, when it came out two years ago. Moonrise Kingdom wasn't mine either. It was. You loved it. I think what we're saying here is I'm the only person here who's not predictable. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he picks stuff like Avatar. He'll whoa, just, he'll whoa. Just, he'll make I my never... number one again. <laughs> oh, that would be... I should do that. Yeah. <laughs> and a movie from last th- year is my number one. By the time... <laughs> uh, um, yeah, because by the time we do another number ones, you guys still won't have seen that movie. Um, <laughs> it's it's like always when I open up Netflix, it's like one of the suggested the titles. Yeah, yeah. And I just go and like, ah, James, ignore <laughs> this. I, I'm such a dick. I still have the Blu-ray just sitting there. Like, I'm, I should really watch that. <laughs> I'll watch Psycho today. You know, Mud Backwards is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> all fucking right. hate you. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, next week we're seeing Transcendence. Yeah. Um, starring Johnny Depp. Is this Willie Feister's first movie? As a director, I should say. Willie Fister? Fister, Feister, whatever fuck Fister. his name is. Mm-hmm. Feister. Um, no, there's a peanut, so I think it's Bafister. It <laughs> 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 uh, should be interesting. He's a great cinematographer. Yeah? Yeah. So I'm sure he has an eye for detail. And making things weird. But it kind of seems like we've seen the movie from the trailer. But Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm sure there's some weird plot. Twist. It's going to destroy the world with, with solar panels. Johnny Depp's going to show up with like pale skin and like black around his eyes. And then Tim, Tim Burns going to show up. He's like, movie magic. Yeah, bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even. RealNerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.